and welcome to another episode of Not Too Deep. I am your host, Grace Ann Helbig. Get ready for another very exciting episode. Today, we're talking to Craig Mini Lad Thompson. You probably know him more as Mini Lad. He is a gamer, a philanthropist. He's a positive guy with a good attitude. And we get into all sorts of fun conversations from the beginning of his YouTube career and his surfing channel, not web surfing, like actual surfing, but not surfing in an ocean, surfing in those, you know, man-made uh, wave parks at, 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 at water parks. Yeah, we'll get into all of that. It's all very real. We also talk about uh, his, his gaming community and what that's like. I don't know very much, but he taught me many things. Stand up. He's also into that world, which is very cool. And just, you know, what it's like being a YouTuber in the world now. <laughs> it's a tough situation, but he's got a pretty good outlook on it. And this is a really enjoyable conversation. So enjoy this episode of Not Too Deep with Mini lad. Craig. Hello. Hello. Thank you for being here. You're very welcome. Thanks for the invite. Of course, you're um, uh, a bit of an international man of mystery to me. <laughs> uh, in looking you up, you're you're a bit of a, a internet renaissance man, and I. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Everyone that I interview that wears many hats, that does many things, the first thing I ask them is, what's your deal? (laughs) Oh, God. What's my... Honestly, God knows. Actually, you know what? I can swear. Fuck knows. Um, (laughs) That fuck is my God. So it's the same thing. Fuck is my God. (laughs) Uh, So how do you describe what you do to someone that's a complete stranger? Um... God, okay. Uh, I mean, YouTuber, yeah, influencer, all those buzzwords. Uh, okay. And then, I guess, philanthropist, musician, weirdo, foreigner. God, yeah, that's Perfect. great. Lots of slashes, lots of dashes, all yep. of it. Now, take, I want to know a little bit about how you got to where you are now. So, you were born in Dubai, is that I was, right? yeah. Okay, you were born in Dubai, but you you're nor you're from Northern Ireland. I am, yeah. You're currently in Los Angeles. Yep. <laughs> okay, so take me through that trajectory. How does that work? So I was born uh, I was born in Dubai uh, in 1995. I'm 25 now, and uh, I lived there for five years. My dad was in the oil business, so just for his work, we kind of just traveled around everywhere. Okay. Uh, that's why my accent just sounds wrong. Like the the, well, the more the further on this interview you get, you're like, oh, that's different. Um, no, it's it's fun because I was watching a bunch of your videos and I was trying to place an accent. I know it's it's a hodgepodge, uh, <laughs> yeah. but you can hear bits and pieces everywhere. So it's, it's, it's like a mutt. It's a little combination yeah. of everything. Uh, yeah. So I was born in Dubai, lived there for five years. Then I moved to Thailand for a few years, uh, Why not? Sing- Singapore for three. And then whenever I was going into middle school, I call it secondary school. You guys call it middle school. Then I went right. to Northern Ireland because my parents were like, okay, let's just sit you down somewhere so we uh-huh. can just try and get some kind of an education. Uh, and then 2013, I went to college for two weeks to do music production. I know. Nice. I, I, would, I went there and uh, it was because uh, it was the same week that GTA 5 came out. And okay. I was like, okay, uh, I can't upload internet videos because I have no internet in my dorm room for three months. I can't play <laughs> rugby, which is a big thing for me. My uh-huh. lectures were just kind of whack, period. Sure. Um, so I literally just went and got, I don't remember university. 
I got drunk wow. for like two weeks because it was uh, I went to the University of Hertfordshire, which is just above London. So uh-huh. it's obviously 18 to drink. So whenever oh. you're in the UK, the beautiful thing about colleges and universities is they will get celebrities to throw nightclub parties for you. Like Wait. they'll be like universities that will like have like uh, alcohol sponsors. It's fantastic. <laughs> this blows my mind. So they have alcohol sponsors and they have celebrity hosted events for the yep. the students. Yeah. So like there was one uh, when I was there, there was a rapper called Tiny Tempa who it was really big in the UK. I don't know if he made it over here or not, but uh, they're just like special guests at 2 p.m. Be here. And we're like, OK, uh, 2 so p.m. P.m. Afternoon. P.m. Yes. <laughs> just after lunch. Um, so we came along and no one really knew what was going on. Then Tiny Tempa came out and then they realized the whole entire event was sponsored by Copperberg. So everyone's just getting wasted on cider just after lunch. I'm like, this is fucking great. <laughs> Education um, at its finest. Yeah, because like in the UK, the the everyone goes to college a week before the exam start, and that's called Freshers Week. And that's just okay. a way for everyone just to get to know each other and just get drunk with each other and just figure everything out. So right. I, when I tell people my how was university, I went for an extended Freshers. I went for an extra week, still got drunk, and then came home and made fart jokes. Great. You did basically the expedited version of college. You got it all out of your system in like two weeks. And then exactly. you went Exactly. I'm like, okay, and- I get the party thing. I'm going to go work. <laughs> yeah. But wait, so you were into gaming and that whole world before you started school. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. uh, my f- gaming period, I mean, I- I've been playing games all my life. It's uh-huh. just it's just my way of escaping things, you know, uh, yeah. from I remember living in Singapore playing Counter-Strike in land centers in Singapore, planning as like a bunch of Chinese guys and just getting smacked. Absolutely wow. smacked. Uh, I remember fixing up my parents' Windows 98 PC, the giant brick that was like yeah. old school stuff. And then I started seeing people online in like 2008, I want to say, mm-hmm. start making videos. So I was like, ah, I could do this. So I had a, a surfing channel, which- Surfing like okay. in the ocean? <laughs> so or no. Surfing like on the, on the internet? So surfing as in, you know, when you go to water parks and they have those like simulated surf machines? Yes. Mm-hmm. That. I'm a channel for that. <laughs> of all fucking things. I was, you know, there was that one guy where they're lining up and do, does like flips and tricks and shit. Yeah. I was that guy <laughs> when I was like 13. Oh my. Okay. Well, kudos to you for finding such an uh, underrepresented niche of entertainment for people. <laughs> niche is uh, one way. <laughs> I mean, and also I'm trying to wrap my head around how you even film that kind of thing. You have my someone mom. else. Oh my God. That's incredible. 13 so your year fan- old me, I was like, mom, my, my mom, uh, she loves taking, uh, she's a photographer mom where she oh, has great. to photograph every, every aspect of her life. So I knew she had a camera already. So I was like, yeah. just record this one for me. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. And how long did that um, beautiful career last? You know, shocking enough, not long at all. <laughs> uh, Did you do you have to get like tickets and admission to the water park every time you want to shoot another video? <laughs> okay, so what, what I did is I went in there and I recorded like five videos and I stockpiled them. So like every two weeks I would upload a different oh. surfing video to like 15 people. And that oh was my. it. It was like 15 views apiece. <laughs> and everyone at the water park is like, that kid is back with his mom and they're filming more. That's incredible. That <laughs> Amazing. Uh, do you remember the first game you played that made you think like, this is, I love this? Probably the, the original, the original Pokemons on, okay. on Game Boy Color. Dude, it's, mm-hmm. it was so, 
it was the fact that you can have like a handheld story. I know it sounds so yeah. weird, but like whenever gaming wasn't really, a th- well, it's always been a thing, but when it started yeah. to really evolve, whenever I could go around and have my own Pokemon, have my own story, have my own whatever, but also like in my hand, blew my mind. Because oh, it was yeah. kind of like, it's kind of like an extended movie, but I was the guy controlling the movie. I was like, this is sick. That's uh, so interesting because I'm not in the gaming world. I try mm. to play games and it just doesn't click with me. So I'm always fascinated by people that really love gaming because I know that there's something beautiful about it. I haven't found that for myself. I tend to, you know, to find beauty in the real housewives. But <laughs> I, I, I get that. I get that yeah. like your handheld little narrative that you get to be the god, for lack of a better word. Yeah, is. like like it's. A movie, you sit down, you don't really do much. You can't just vegetate and you just let the movie happen. But with gaming, it's like, you know, even though you know it's going to end the same way, you can go around, you can mess around in the buildings or go do what you want. And you are, you are the protagonist in the story. That's so, yeah. And you can create kind of like power, I guess you could say that made me fall in love with it. Yeah. You're a power hungry uh, 13 year old. I get that. (laughs) (laughs) Power hungry 13 year old mom recording. Yeah. Very strange. <laughs> it all adds up. It all Very adds niche. up. Okay, so you're you're doing these surfing videos, and then you you do you grow up, you go to college, you get YouTube is starting, mm-hmm. and you kind of see the light, and you're like, school's not for me, and that's where you put your energy back into actual like I'm going to create a YouTube career situation. Yeah. So the Mini Lad channel I started 2011, and I was just kind of slowly building that up as um as high school kind of finished okay. uh, and then um, i went to quickly for those that don't know mini lad how do you explain that so mini lad the, the name came from whenever i was like six or seven years old i had like a six month spell living in northern ireland before i went back out to thailand mm-hmm. um and my next door neighbor his name was also craig my full name is craig thompson um yeah. and when we're six years old we're like we're gonna call you mini because you're smaller i'm like okay <laughs> and that's it and it just kind of stuck and then his younger brother was the same year as me in middle school and uh, high school. So he was so used to calling me Minnie. Everyone's like, why does Kyle keep calling you Minnie? So it just stuck from there. So it was gotcha. just Minnie, Minnie threw on out. And then the like lad it. part came from an Xbox, Xbox Live gamer tag where it was just me and a few friends. We wanted to change our names to the same thing. So there was Kyle, lad, Connor, lad, Wayne, lad, and then me, Minnie, lad, and thus. <laughs> and thus it's born. I it get it now. Born. Okay, so you start doing these videos, you're getting more into it. Uh, take me through that, the beginning of this. Yeah, so uh, I was just messing around on my parents' laptop. I remember, I remember going to school, coming back from school, making a Minecraft video, not knowing how to edit. So I was editing uh, on After Effects on a $200 PC for 2011, which is garbage. So it okay. took me about nine hours to render the video. And then I woke up and then I uploaded the video because my parents didn't really have good internet. It would take about eight hours to upload it. So by the time I got back from school the next day, it would finish uploading. So I upload the video and then record the next one. And that wow, was the, the cycle. That's dedication. <laughs> it was wow. the cycle. And then 2013 came along. I dropped out of university because the same week I went to university, GTA 5 came out. And that was mm-hmm. what kind of took me from nothing to everything. Um, so I remember working on an LA time zone in Northern Ireland for two years. So I woke up around 7 p.m. and then went to bed around 11 a.m. I, I did that for about two years straight. So, wow, and that's to play the game because everyone else was on at that time playing this game. Yeah, exactly. All the people who I played with were American. Oh, okay. uh, th- There was a few Irishmen like um, 
there was like a guy, uh, Brian Terrorizer, who I used to play with, and uh, me and him, because he lived down in Dublin, and I lived uh-huh. up in Northern Ireland. So I remember we would grind out, and then I would go to school the next day, and then he would go work at Subway at 7 in the morning. <laughs> so like we would just play and grind and grind and grind, and then go to work in school. And, and, that's, just, and that's just what we did, yeah. And it worked. Wow, that's incredible. Okay, so when do you move to Los Angeles then? When does that happen? Or I moved States, 2015. Uh, okay. I knew that during the time that I was working the night shift, uh, I was like, I just can't do this anymore. You know, I didn't really have a morning as such. I woke up, I used to go to Starbucks to get my coffee in the morning, then have my pre-workout before I go to the gym and then chug a monster before I recorded and edited. So I was like, my body's body's dying. And so I was like, okay, I need to go to where the sun is. Um, So I moved 2015. I only had a a six month work visa. So I, I left again. And then July 16th is when I got my official proper three-year work visa. And now we're chilling. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Very cool. How has Los Angeles changed you? Oh, I mean, I'm still as white as ever. I mean, everyone's like, oh, you live in California. Oh, my God. You're like suntan and beaches. I'm like, Uh -uh. it's a nice like 68 degrees in this room at all times. There's no sun. (laughs) Uh, No, it's, it's been incredible. I mean, just I mean, you know what it's like, just coming over here, they've got a bunch mm-hmm. of friends over here, you get to relax, whenever you're not recording, you get to just chill with your friends, and it's yeah. nice, you know, well, you can't do that when you're living anywhere else. That's very true. Do you notice any, because I don't really know the gaming community very mm-hmm. well, is there similarities, differences between like the general YouTube community versus the specific gaming community? Um, I mean... Gaming, I feel like the gaming community is a lot more meme in the sense yeah. of like, we like to joke around, we like to do dumb shit, we like, uh-huh. you know, whatever the hell. But I feel like with like, from, just from what I've seen from the outside of the makeup industry and the vlog industry and everything mm-hmm. like that, it's the fans are a lot younger. Yeah. But they're also a lot, quote, hormonal. Does that make sense? Oh, okay. They're, they're a lot like... Sensitive? Yes. Yeah. You, you, you have to be very, Expressive. very careful with what you say. Like for sure. me, I did a Cards Against Humanity series that everyone mm-hmm. really enjoyed. Yeah. And that's talking about, you know, Hitler jokes and right. really excessive things like that. But I feel like you wouldn't be able to do that in the vlogger community because everyone thinks there, there's, there's, people are sensitive, but there's two different kinds of sensitive, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I think we're experiencing it a lot more obviously now than ever before. And it's only but- getting worse. Yeah, it's very interesting. And you've been doing this collectively, what, like 10, nine years, 10 years, something like that? Nine years, actually nine years next week on wow. the Maylight channel and then 12 years altogether. Wow, that's so bonkers. Does that blow your mind to even stop and think about? Do you have a second to stop and think about that ever? Oh my God, yeah. It's, I think the weird thing, and you you might have got this too because I know you've been around for a while, is yeah. people coming up to you and saying, oh my God, you were my childhood. I'm like, yeah. wow. <laughs> I, yeah, I, okay. I just yelled at a camera. How, how have I done this? You know, like that. Yeah. Whenever people come up and say that, it's crazy. It blows my mind because you're like, I just, I was in my room. I remember I watched one of your videos a while ago. I was actually going into the segue of what I was going to tell you. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember there was a video I saw you where you were like showing people how to set up your camera and use like the, your giant window as your natural light for uh-huh. like your the, the, the Daily Gray shows or whatever. I remember... Uh, Whenever I set up my camera because I want to do vlog stuff, I went to your video. Um, Because the funny thing is I found you because when I was living in LA in 2015, I lived in Playa Vista. uh um, And there was a gigantic billboard above me with your face on it. 
Oh, that's obnoxious. <laughs> it was that's... it was you and Hannah Hart. It was yeah. above me. It was it was um I lived a block away from the YouTube uh, YouTube space. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, a million billboards around there. So every time I walked outside, it was just your giant face for like a oh, year straight. <laughs> I well, I apologize on behalf of that obnoxious advertising. <laughs> apologize, it was amazing. <laughs> what a weird thing. Uh, but um, thanks for not defacing the billboard. I appreciate it. <laughs> I tried. It was too tall. It was way too tall. Got it. Um, okay, in the gaming world, I, I've been watching a bunch of videos. Your energy is just so infectious. It's so charming. It's so lovely. You seem to be able to be sarcastic and deprecating, but still in a relatively like positive, happy way. Yeah. Um, And I wonder, because this is something like I've gone through and I've talked to a lot of other creators that have gone through like the putting yourself out there for so many years. How do you now sort of, if you do it all, separate like your personal life and how much you put on the internet. Like, have you had a moment where you have to kind of like compartmentalize like how much of yourself you've been putting out there? Yeah. I mean, you know, without getting too much into it, you know, me and my girlfriend, uh, well now actually broke up in January and it was the whole thing of like, how much do we tell people online? Right. How much do you owe people? Because you also don't owe anyone any information at all. Right. Because for me, it's like, you know, my, you know, my fans are my life to a certain degree where I want mm-hmm. them to know what's going on. But I sure. feel like there's a lot of things that a lot of people don't know. Like, you know, um, I've been going through a lot of personal stuff, the family stuff, yeah. but no one knows about it just because right. there's no point. I, I, for me, I try and think of myself as someone who likes to joke around and someone who could be like a positive force. So whenever I tweet or do dumb stuff, you know, I try and keep, I try and keep a smile. I try and like make people happy. If I yeah. just keep tweeting about, how sad I am or the stuff going on in my personal life, it's going to bring them down. So yeah. they, they see you as someone who just complains a lot, who just this thing, that thing. I don't really want to be that. I won't, whenever people think about me, I want them to kind of think in a more positive light compared to just someone who complains all the time. No, that's great. I also think that there's a huge amount of respect that's owed to someone that's able to keep their private life for themselves because I know and we've all seen different creators go through trauma of exposing too much and then you can't take it back so being able to have Team Star's entire career yeah (laughs) and it's I've watched so many creators do that and it stresses me out by proxy just watching that happen because I'm a pretty private person on my, in my personal world. Mm. And so what, and the internet makes it so easy to share absolutely everything right. that exor- exercising a little bit of restraint is more difficult than people know, I think. Oh, uh, oh yeah. So I give you, I give you total props for being able to be like, here's the headline of what's happening with me, but you don't need to read the rest of the article right now. Right. I mean, what I do is like, I'll literally sit on my phone and I'll, I'll type out a tweet that I really want to send. So yeah. if I'm like, I'm angry at something or something like that. I'll just type it out. I take a breath. I delete it and I move on. That, because, that's actually a great life hack for anyone yeah. out there struggling with what to put out there. Exactly. I think that's fantastic. Okay. So because you have this, you know, new media uh, job and this whole new media world, what's like a normal day like for you? I know normal is not the right word, but what's <laughs> like an average day like for you? Yeah. I mean, uh, I woke up uh, and then, well, for today, I woke up. Now I'm here. Uh, yeah. Normal, <laughs> I'll try and get like some kind of a workout in the morning. It's working out at home is a nightmare. It's just oh, yeah. not, well, it's not you- fun. I agree. And you also share uh, a lot of your like fitness 
journey stuff with people, which I think is very cool. Yeah, because for for me, uh, before I was a YouTube uh, a YouTuber, I was very close to being a professional rugby player uh, wow. back in Northern Ireland. So that was kind of like that was my aim in life was to try yeah. and do something sporty. Uh, and then I had a really bad uh, back injury that kind of ruled me out of everything. Mm-hmm. So with that, I, I put all my attention to YouTube. But because of that, it's like, how, how, how do I describe it? It's, it's the idea of trying to show as much as you can, but also keeping as private as you can. That's okay. Yeah. I, I have a question for you. Yeah, so obviously you're, you're a very private person. What's mm-hmm. it, what's it like going on a podcast and do like a, a weekly podcast and people kind of getting to know you through this after watching you for so long and kind of maybe not knowing as much? I think when I first started doing YouTube stuff, I was very much like you where it's like my content is comedy first and then maybe personal endeavors here and there, like second or third. Uh, I wanted people to laugh when they saw me. I wanted people to find an escape when they watched anything. And then I found myself, I watch reality TV. I'm interested in people's personal lives. And so naturally, as I've gotten older too, I've become a little less give a fuck about putting out more personal things. (laughs) Uh, But within reason, you know, there's always that constant struggle of like, is this self-serving to put so much like out there? And also managing expectations of an audience. Like Mm -hmm. if you start to put out that you're doing fitness stuff, then people are going to be holding you accountable for doing fitness stuff. And I don't really want strangers holding me accountable for something that I don't have fully unlocked yet. That's fair. Uh, So it's a full balance. And I think it it changes for everyone. That's why I always get fascinated talking to people like you about like, what's your take on this? Like, where are your boundaries it's basically right. like do you have boundaries and where if so where are they yeah. <laughs> you? i have no every i feel like every line is blurred i feel like yeah you know, 2014 2015 everyone knew kind of the boundary to stick to well yeah. nowadays every boundary is blurred and it's more just let's hope this doesn't get copyright striked or let's hope right. i don't get banned and you know there it's a it's a massive guessing game with totally. uh with the fitness stuff you know i used to be like 195 uh, pounds, which is solid, which I'm happy with. Uh, but I was also like muscular and lean. It was great. But mm-hmm. then 2018, 2019, I had a really rough patch. Uh, 2017, mm-hmm. I got into a really nasty car accident, uh, which left me in intensive care for a while. And then mm-hmm. 2018, I would in and out of hospital for anxiety attacks, which is not fun. Uh, so I put on 50 pounds on accident. I was wow. like, I remember looking at myself in the mirror and going, holy shit. Cause there's a month where you, you don't, you don't work out. You don't care about anything. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. you're getting burgers every day and yep. it, it's going to catch up with you and you don't even realize. And then you look at yourself and go, how the fuck did I even do that? How so, did I get here? Yeah. yeah. And like, I was reading comment sections like, oh, mini lad's so fat now and fucking uh. thick and all this stuff. And I'm like, God damn it. So I told myself, okay, I need to try and get back to where I was. So mm-hmm. as of now, I'm down 20 pounds. I'm down to 230. And it's Congrats. just slowly chipping away. And because it's sad being able to wake up and look at yourself and go, what happened here? You know? Yeah. I mean, I think we've all hit a point like that too. And it always hurts when you read the comments and it's stuff you already know about yourself, yeah. but you really it's, haven't come to terms with it for yourself yet. <laughs> Other people are like agreeing with you. You're like, can you not? Yeah. <laughs> You're not telling me anything I don't know already, but thank right. you for calling out the obvious right now. But I think that's awesome of you to be able to kind of recognize that and still like 
see the positives of wanting to get back to a place that makes you happy because the byproduct of you feeling good about yourself is that your content feels better and people right. find a, a better connection with like your general persona in that sense. Because, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, the Internet is so silly and sneaky because people can read between every line and they can see between every fake smile and right. really know what's going on. So you can't hide anything. I think the funny thing about the Internet is you're saying about how they can read the line. But my mm-hmm. my experience with the Internet now is even just seeing it from afar is people read through the lines between two lines that aren't even there. Like, yeah. say, say, for example, you're like, wow, I love this black shirt. Whoa, you can't say black anymore. It's like, yeah. it's a color. How else do I describe this shirt? You're like, oh, I, I love the, I love this yellow hat. It's like, what's wrong with green hats, huh? You're like, right. Oh, yeah, stop? that's true. Can we not I, do this? <laughs> I guess, I yeah, that's interesting. And I think it must be even more stressful in, because you do a lot of like live gaming and live streaming on Twitch and things right. like that. So you are live you can't edit yourself in post so you have to be very choice with the words that you're using it's it's as raw as you can get honestly and that's a skill like have you do you feel like you've kind of honed that over time yeah i mean i think the one place that twitch streamers fall up is accidentally saying the n-word when they're when they're singing songs i'm like you can't edit that out and it's like if you go watch compilations you can see as soon as they say it you watch their face drop and they know this is about to be a shitstorm. Oh, this is God. about to be because even if they're singing along to like a rap song or something yeah. like that, where it's it's fine for them to do it, but obviously as a Caucasian, you can't. Nah. So like even silly things like whenever I listen to a song that has the N word in it, I'll I'll just say bitch instead. So yeah. it doesn't sound right, but I know if I'm listening to the song and I'm singing along on stream, my brain's already programmed to say bitch instead of the end. Oh, that's that's good. Good for yourself. It's like little things like that, which is so stupid, but it prevents me from having my entire channel career or career canceled. Yeah. Of course. Um, okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, I have a bunch more questions for cool. you. Then we have some Twitter questions. We'll be right back with Why Not yeah. Too Deep. No, no, no. Okay, Craig, let's talk about music. Okay. So is it, this is what you studied when you had your brief flirtation with school. Yeah, flirtation. That's exactly <laughs> the right way of putting it. Holy shit. Uh, yeah, my original plan in life was to um, make jingles for commercials. Like really? that, that, That's what I wanted to do. Yeah. Like, so I, you I want- wanted to be like a real life Uncle Jesse and Uncle Joey from Full House. Yes. Like bop, 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 $20 million. <laughs> like that, that was my plan. Wow. Um, I mean, yeah. I think that's great. So, so that, so you wanted to write jingles. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how uh, th- is that still in your brain? Is that still something you fantasize about? Not really. I mean, for the last five or so years, I've kind of put it on the back burner, but only really in the last two years, I've maybe three, <clears throat> I've really mm-hmm. started to get back into it. And um, just with my rugby days, I've got really into like um, EDM music, dance music, because that's what you listen to at the gym to kind of get yourself going and get yourself amped right. up. So now uh, I've kind of taken a turn and I'm trying to release uh, house music this year. So I'm finally That's... I'm finally getting my ducks in a row. I'm finally like pulling my finger out going, okay, let's just jump into the deep end. And let's figure it out. Because I've always cool. been so nervous about releasing music because I know with the audience that I have already that mm-hmm. people are going to be hypercritical. I can't just right. release garbage and then get constructive criticism and then slowly work up like I did my YouTube channel. It's sure. more of like I release music and I'm right in the deep end. So... Yeah. Um, 
I could have so released you... stuff years ago, but I, I just I just held off. Well, good for you. You want it to be quality. Uh, what do you say to people that think DJs are just people that push the play button? I mean, they are. <laughs> I, I'm trying to be a DJ. And I remember I, I was learning, I was learning how to use DJs. And I've done like a, I've done DJ streams. And uh-huh. I think the best part about DJing is whenever you know how to DJ and you watch other DJs do it, like they're doing like, like they're playing with the buttons and they're doing this with their hands. They're doing nothing. Really? It's fan. Most of the time, like whenever they do this, they're just flicking their hands to make it seem like they do more. Uh, I'm like, how to be a professional DJ is pretending you're doing more than you are. It's, it's just brilliant. illusion. It wow. is. So it's, it's just like a sleight of hand magic tricks. There. Well, a lot of D- I mean, there obviously are DJs who, you know, they, they completely rip songs apart and they do everything on the fly. And that's a whole different skill set. But for sure. a lot of DJs who are just going out on tour, it's just play song, mix in, play song, mix in, play song, mix in. And wow. it, it pays the bills. But mind it you, does. the whole production side of it, that's a whole different ballgame. That takes, that's a lot of talent to be able to do that. Yeah, what's your creative process when you go into making music? Is it all based on a feeling? Do you want to tell us a story kind yeah. of thing? Uh, really? There's a lot of thing. I don't know how familiar you are with the kind of dance music world, but there's a lot of music nowadays where a lot of people will just make music just for the drop because mm-hmm. they know the drops yeah. can be played at festivals, but the rest of the song, there's no, there's no melodic elements. There's nothing. It's just vanilla. There's nothing else there. Uh-huh. The drop is spent, you know, there's hours and hours spit on the drop but there's nothing else whilst for me you know whenever i listen to a song i know it sounds stupid but i want to listen to the song the whole way through yeah well a lot of people nowadays don't do that and it's sad so my thing is i try and write a drum pattern or a melody or i get like a bass line and then i just figured out from there this coffee is hitting me holy yeah shit. get it oh, damn. good morning san diego <laughs> um but it's just i try and get something down and then work off that one layer Okay. That, I mean, that seems to go hand in hand with why you like video games. You're telling a story. You're the you're manifesting your own destiny in a yep. way. That's very cool. As a side uh, note, when is this coming out? The 25th of May. Perfect. So that means I get to say that I'm releasing my first song on the 27th. So two days after this goes live. That's I can incredible. say that here. Congratulations. Thank I'm so you. excited for you. Is there anything <laughs> you can say about the, um, the music? I think we'll just we'll we'll let the we'll see what people let, think when it comes out. It's technically it's a collab. So my, I uh, I did a 27 day stand up tour last year, right. and then after the stand up tour, I had my DJ friend Gasly. He came out from Arizona to Houston, watched the Houston show, and then we flew back to Portland together. Lived in Portland for a year, mm-hmm. and then moved back here four months ago. Um, and we just wrote a song in like three days. Over wrote the song. Six months, and then now his album's coming out. He's like, "Hey, I want to release this as a single off the album." Amazing! Hell yeah! So, if anything, he's kind of pulling. It's gonna sound wrong. He's pulling my (laughs) finger out for me. Uh, (laughs) Like he's grabbing the hand. He's going for himself. So okay. And now, now I'm just shoved in the deep end. Uh, Congratulations! That's very exciting. You kind of have to just jump in. Um, Yeah. Talking about your your stand up tour, what was that like? Oh, I miss tour so much. Oh my yeah. god. What is was... I mean, you do so much stuff online and you you see all these usernames, you see number counts, and they are kind of arbitrary. And then mm. you do live stuff, you actually see the faces of these usernames and these numbers. Right. Like that's such a crazy experience. 
it's <clears throat> for me i've always been super interested in in stand up i grew up watching stand up i've always been fascinated again it's very story driven i don't know yeah. i think the aim of this podcast is realizing that like oh i just like stories craig um, likes stories craig likes stories and podcast <laughs> yeah. um and for me what i live by and i say this in every podcast is i want a million stories for my grandkids so it's all it's all cool to say you know i was a youtuber but let's be honest youtubers doesn't have a really great rep anymore like sure. if, for the media it's kind of been shunned on a little bit like for to me fair, when, I, when i go I back home go ahead. to be fair i don't know if it ever had a great rep so <laughs> <laughs> you know that's a fair point but nowadays yeah. it's went from oh, i'm a youtuber what to mm-hmm. you're a youtuber are you one of the bad ones no oh, no, no yeah. i'm not one of the I'm, are you like a paul no 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 no, no. yeah like, that's that's the association that's, yeah exactly so it's a it's a whole different ball game now. And I mean, obviously I, I know that you know that as well. Yeah. But so, okay. So you did how many dates of standup? 20, 27 in a row, but I did one practice show in LA. So it's 28 wow. all That's so intense. Do you even remember any of it? <laughs> if you were telling me like, Oh, uh, think back to Philadelphia. I can have like a picture in my mind, but because every show was relatively the same, you know, sure. it was just, it was just going through the motions again. Um, but you know, like I said before, I want a million stories for my grandkids. I I could just be a YouTuber and sit at home, but I want to go experience things, you know, like now, now that I'm young, I want to be able to travel. I want to be able to get to know places like, especially me not being American, doing a tour, Uh getting a tour bus and driving around America. And then one day in Canada, it just, it made my life complete. As a lot of people were like, why are you doing, why are you doing 27 tour dates? Not just seven, like a normal person on their first tour. It's like, I want to travel. I realize that the venues will be smaller because people are more spread out. But Mm -hmm. for me, it's it's not about, it's not about the size of the venue. It's about experiencing it and like going to Philadelphia. Yeah. I go to Philadelphia and getting like the place where, uh, Philly cheesesteaks were made Mm -hmm. or getting New York pizza. Like, um, me, uh, playing times square. Like that to me was wild. Like that thing where when I'm like 60 years old, I get to be the cool uncle, not the creepy uncle. You know what I mean? Like it's slight difference. Yeah, just there's only a very slight difference. So be careful. Lines are blurred. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Were there any uh, completely bonkers moments that stand out to you from tour? Any like fan (laughs) interactions or anything like that? Um, I think what's funny is... There was there's people in the crowd who just didn't care about like uh, a stage setting, so like th- th- they would like they come to the show thinking that they're the star of the show. So like there's oh, people yeah. like running up on stage, and like uh, there's people. There was a guy in Toronto. It was the first show, and we're like, okay, first show, we have to nail this. It was like twelve hundred uh-huh. people in the crowd, and this is setting the out. tone. It was fantastic. We went out there. We're thirty minutes in, and we noticed this guy in a bright neon shirt bright neon pants bright neon shoes very and subtle he's, he's Fortnite dancing for an hour and a half like <gasps> I'm, like we, we kept bringing him up we, we just called him Fortnite guy we're like jesus Fortnite guy you're still going he's like <laughs> oh my god for an hour and a half like how the hell how do you have so much energy how much coke did you do before coming into this venue i know wow i mean i guess it's kind of a compliment but also like they're <laughs> It is, but it is interesting to have to sort of um, coach an audience on the etiquette in like a stand-up show versus like a VidCon experience. I've and never like, been to VidCon and it's really? be just because it scares me because every oh, time yeah, I see VidCon, I mean, you could probably jump into this, but it's like, 
I I see VidCon and every VidCon, there's always some stupid YouTuber doing some stupid thing. I'm like, I don't want to be a part of that. Yeah, no, you're you're okay. You you've gotten the experience by doing your own live shows. It's uh <laughs> it's a very anxiety ridden, overwhelming experience to say right. the least. Um, well, speaking of stories that you want to tell your grandchildren, you interact with a lot of high profile people. Uh, recently you've been talking with Jack Black and, uh, you and Elon Musk have like a uh, seemingly like Twitter romance happening. <laughs> My Twitter has exploded. Okay. So yeah, what's for, for, happening? For, let, 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 me, let me set the tweet for you because, yeah. because let me just remember that I, after this tweet, I had news reporters slide into my dms following me spam my business email saying elon musk talk to you what do you know (gasps) you know insider information i told and i told elon musk to put an anime flag on the moon Mm -hmm. and that's it and like i was like hey elon musk can you put a, a anime flag on the moon no real reason just pretty funny he was like all right and now I have people spam me saying, oh, do you know the secrets of Tesla or why their <laughs> stock prices are doing this? I'm like, bro, I like anime titties. Like, I just want, yeah. I want, I want that on the surface of the moon. That's literally it. I don't know shit. Yeah. Are you the, are you the godfather of their new baby now? What's going on? I don't know anymore. I just wish they'd stop. I do. <laughs> like, cool. Wall Street Journal. I don't know anything. Please stop messaging me. Oh, that's amazing. Okay. Is there a celebrity that's on your wish list to collab with or have any sort of interaction with that you haven't already? I think what the thing is, I've never really been one to fanboy or fangirl. I've never been right? that person, you know, like for me, every time I meet someone, I always know that they're just a person who just, you know, for some reason, for a lot of people think like if when you hit like a certain status, that you don't have to do basic human things anymore. Like I have people legitimately ask me like, do you have to shit anymore? I'm like, <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of funny question is that? Yeah. So yeah. Like, because of that, I know they're just a regular person with regular needs and doing whatever they want. They're just really good at their job. And mm-hmm. that's about it. So not really, because, you know, every, I don't know how people actually are. I, I see them for movies or, you know, uh, their musical performances or things like that. I don't know how they're like in their real life. You know, sure. I could love their movies, but they could be a fuckboy. So totally. I'm down for, I'm down for whatever, really. I'm not trying to like bring people in. It's just whoever wants to chill. That's great. What? Okay. Um, do you have free time ever? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a no. Okay. Yes That's a no. no. <laughs> but what always- do you do? What do you do to, because uh, I know it can all be kind of the same thing because basically your hobbies are your job, which is right. a blessing and a curse in a lot of ways. What do you do to relax, to unwind? Do you watch shows? Do you, um, like, do you follow any Instagram accounts that bring you, like, uh, joy in any way? Not really. I mean, I follow Instagram. <laughs> I follow bodybuilder Instagram accounts to make me feel worse than I actually am. But cool. apart from that, it's... No, I, I, do you know what YouTubers I watch? I don't really watch any YouTubers, but I watch a few and okay. they're like, they're documentary style YouTubers. So ah. you, so like, imagine like, like a Vsauce style video, but mm-hmm. they're like 10 minute chunks. Like there's one, I'm going to shout out Bright Sun Films. He has like less than a million subscribers, but he has this show called Abandoned. And mm-hmm. it's a show where it's 10 minute chunks and he tells you why this building or this park or whatever went out of business and what it looks yeah, like now. I've and like, heard of this. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's just, it's really interesting. Uh, mm. and it's just, it just appeases me that that's, that's really it. You know, I'm not looking to laugh. I'm not looking to do anything. I'm just like, that's pretty cool. 
and then I move on with my day. But, you know, whilst I'm watching that, I have my laptop open. I'm trying to write music or do like <laughs> that or do something like that or answer emails or this thing or right. that thing. So it never really stops because even when you go to Twitter, like, you know, that's like Twitter or yeah. Instagram, everyone goes back after a long day and they go on social media to unwind. But because mm-hmm. their unwind is our job, whenever you go on social media, you're thinking, what can I tweet? What can I do here? Can I interact totally. with this person? Whatever the hell. It's always going through your brain. So it just, it doesn't stop. <laughs> I feel the same way. That's why I've, like, Twitter to me is like a place that I, I go to collect news and I feel, you know, internetly responsible for checking in on it. But it does bring me a little stress every time I think about what to contribute on that platform. Is there a social media platform that uh, you enjoy more than others? Like, what's the first thing you go to on your phone or on your computer? Probably YouTube. Mm -hmm. Just not even to watch it but just to see when I can upload. <laughs> like, I, I, I try and find like little gaps to make sure I can upload at a good time or like, you know, um, I'll try and like make sure that I'm not cock walking someone, like one of my friends who I know has like similar fans, same fan bases, whatever. So like, oh, nice. I'll make sure that if my friend uploads five minutes earlier that I wait a little bit to make sure that he can get the views that he wants and then they're done with their video and then they can come to mine. That's very respectful. Yeah, because I, I feel like, you know, there's obviously a lot of YouTubers who are bigger than me, and there's a lot of YouTubers who are smaller than me. I'm kind of like right in the middle. So if I, I make sure that if it's a YouTuber that's smaller than me, that I make sure uh-huh. they can get the views because I know that, you know, everyone needs to pay bills, especially with CPMs dropping like yeah. 75%. So that's great. And isn't there some kind of etiquette in surfing where you like let the person go in front of you that's been waiting longer than you or something like that? I know it's uh, been years since you were a oh major God. surf community guy, but <laughs> the thing about it, it's I've never surfed on the ocean. So the fact that I have a surfing channel is brilliant. Wait, you really to date never surfed I've, in the yeah, ocean. Okay. I've bodyboarded, <laughs> but that doesn't count. I, I, I've tried to stand up on the bodyboard. So uh-huh. I, like when I tell people like yourself, I have a surfing channel. All of a sudden they're imagining me young kid on the ocean in Hawaii or something like that. Uh. No, no, no. I've never been surfing. It's all just plastic bullshit and waiting lines. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. That's so fantastic. Um, Okay, before we take one last break, uh, thoughts on aliens? Pretty chill. Uh, (laughs) I mean, do they exist? Of course they do. There's no way. There's no way the universe is that big without aliens existing. You know, yeah. The I think it's really that, selfish of us to assume that we're the only living beings in this world. <laughs> if it, yeah, exactly. Like if anything, it's it's kind of ignorant to the fact that the world or the universe is way bigger than anyone expects. And yeah. you know, we have to be we have to have oxygen, the perfect distance away from the sun, the perfect distance away from everything. Who's not to say that that's not happening in some place a hundred thousand light years away? It probably really? is. And they're probably looking for the same thing too. Like, oh, are we alone? And we're over here like, hi, I know we can't talk to you, but we're, we're here. And there's, <laughs> there's probably like different iterations of that. Totally, totally, totally. It's like, it's, it's social distancing. It's you're, you're in your house alone. <laughs> you don't know if your neighbor has anyone in it. You just assume they don't, even though they're yeah. like, are asking the same questions. Like, is there anybody across the street? It's the same yeah. thing. Oh, what a great way to put that. Okay, we're going to take one last break. When we get back, we have some Twitter questions for you. So we'll be right back with more Not Too Deep. Okay, Craig, 
Before we get into these Twitter questions, I'm going to ask you the two questions I ask every single guest that is on the podcast. The first is, who, alive or dead, would you most like to throw cold spaghetti at? Cold spaghetti? Cold spaghetti. God, that's all. Okay. Is it spaghetti like, has it been in a pot and it's noodly and then you throw it? Or is it like the hard strands where you just spear people? I mean, you can make it whatever you want. I always imagine that it's been cooked and it's more like leftovers. Hmm. <laughs> Sorry, that's a really like good question. That. Oh, hold I like, on. I, I like that the the texture of the spaghetti is really what's defining for you who it gets thrown. Am at. I trying to insult someone or kill them? Like you, that's just get- all. It's it's your intention. It can also be mm. celebratory. You can throw it in a joy, a moment of joy, a moment of praise. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Who do I want to call, throw cold spaghetti at? And this is an answer that obviously changes on a regular basis for people. It's just who at this current moment? <laughs> I have no idea. I like I how serious you're taking this. <laughs> I feel like I've asked you very serious questions and you've answered them like so quickly. And the one that is completely irreverent, you're like, I got to think about this. Can I do Kim Jong-un, but can the spaghetti yeah. be hard and so I can stab him? You can make those choices for yourself, absolutely. Perfect. If there it's you go. wet spaghetti. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you can also think about it and come back to it later if you want to ruminate on it. Spaghetti on myself bit. and cry? Yeah. Can that? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course. I can see you doing that in a video immediately. Probably. Uh, I mean, I have a fucking kawaii microwave behind me. Like anything is possible. I have a 10 foot giraffe downstairs. Oh, I also (laughs) have a a giant giraffe head in my house. Hell yeah. yeah. I feel like it's a a necessity for all content creators. Oh, 100%. Well, for me, it was just my audience bullying me saying, hey, there's a $1,300 10 foot giraffe on Amazon. I bet you won't buy it. And I'm like, you're right. I'm not going to. (laughs) A month went by of just my community going, do it fucking oh, do no. it and i was like fuck so i bought it let me uh, while sometimes- you're, let me see if i can pull up the the box that was at the door because i feel like you'd appreciate this oh please it came in a giant box uh yep. that must have been for any neighbors that you have i'm sure that was a beautiful moment for them and also <laughs> horrifying the best part is i i, rec- I, I was recording because it was like six in the morning and i was uh <laughs> i was heading out on my second or was it first like or second like i can't remember but I was dragging in this giraffe and my neighbor saw me. So in my video, you can see me waving to my neighbors as I drag in this box. Beautiful. And that's how you become um, that guy in the neighborhood. Oh, I've already been that guy. I, I strive to be that guy. Perfect. Uh, while you're looking for that, I'm going to ask you, and you can think on this. Um, the other question I ask every single guest that is on the podcast, mm-hmm. and it's to tell us your worst pants shitting story or close call, but you can only use three words or three small phrases. So, for example, mine is college jogging front lawn. <laughs> a, a pregnant pause. <laughs> Australia. Oh. 16. Oh. Shopping cart. Oh, okay. <laughs> that does paint a picture. <laughs> Good for you. Oh, oh my God. Wow. That's the box that the giraffe came in. That is so confusing. Yeah, it looks like those Christmas or Christmas present memes where you're like, I wonder what it is. I wonder if it's a bike. (laughs) 
It also looks like it could be a body. Like it looks like it could be something <laughs> very terrifying. Wow. I thought it was going to be just a straight up giant box, but. And there he is. I mean, yeah, you made a good purchase. I right, will exactly. I don't regret it at all. Yeah, I will side with your audience and say I'm really glad that they peer pressured you into getting that piece of art. Exa- it looks great. Exa- it is art. And then I bought um I bought bamboo because he has a little bit of like leaves coming out of his mouth. So I bought him a giant bamboo plant so he looks like he's just feeding it all the times, even though after um giraffes are African and bamboo is not. Wow. Wow. I mean, but the the paternal energy is there. You really want to provide for your your new child. Exactly. I went, you know, like I was saying, like I went for having, you know, my ex-girlfriend and two dogs living with me uh-huh. to now I'm feeding a stuffed giraffe bamboo. Uh- yeah, I I think people would say that your mental health is right. Perfect. It's like, yeah, <laughs> if, if it was here, I would say like maybe like right in the middle, like exactly right and exactly wrong. Perfect. Um, okay, let's get into these Twitter questions. Sure. Uh, someone's asking, what's the game that you get the most feedback from when playing? Okay, okay. Feedback as in like YouTube feedback, like comments? Well, they're also asking, and is the feedback more tips on the game or are they encouraging comments? Like uh, what's the most like interaction, I guess, the game that prompts people to interact with you? The I most? would say GTA. The reason okay. being is it's the the open world is so massive. And what me and my friends did is the reason we all blew up is GTA is very linear, like mission, 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 end. Well, okay. because the world is so open, we tried to find like mini games you can do with your friends. So like, for example, there was a garden maze in GTA. So we made murder mystery where one person mm. has a knife, you turn off all the HUD and you just have to hide in this garden maze. There's nice. things like tank rodeo. Someone gets a tank, they spin around the barrel and you have to try and stay on for five seconds without falling off. Like we Wonderful. made mini games so people can play with their own friends. Oh, that's um, great. And that's that's completely where we blew up. Um, so we even now like, I got a lot of feedback saying, you know, oh, I had this idea. We did it with my friends. I would love to see you do it. Of like this idea, that idea, or what if you did this? What if you did that? A lot of videos, it's people like, I love you. Or go fuck yourself. But with GTA, <laughs> it's the only thing in the world. Well, that and vlogs, but it's the only thing yeah. in the world where people are like actually trying to help. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, which is nice. That's very and the mini games obviously goes straight into the brand, makes the most sense. Exactly. Um, with that, someone wants to know what's the best and worst multiplayer games to film or stream. Ooh, okay. So the way I describe games is there's fun games and there's fun knee games. So fun games are like Destiny 2, um, Valorant, where they're really, really fun to actually play, but they're not Mm -hmm. good to watch. It's kind of boring to watch. There's not really much to do. Whilst there's fun knee games like Gang Beasts, which not many people have heard of if if you're not really in gaming. You you probably know Gang Beasts because it's blown up, but like... Yeah, my boyfriend had me play it with him. And uh, for someone that doesn't know any games, somehow I know that game. Yeah, it's it's, because it's so stupid. It's hilarious to watch. Yeah, so it's that really is an example so of like a funny game where okay. it's not AAA title. It's an indie game. It's kind of small, but the actual content, they, it's a meme game. You know, it's, it, yeah. it generates a lot of good content. So it's kind of hard to say the best game, I think, for content is like a GTA where you can mess around or a Gang Beast where you can mess around. Mm-hmm. But, but games I love playing, but I can't actually uh, record as Valorant. Got it. You okay, know what I mean? Cool. So, but that makes sense. I get the categories and I can see as someone that 
would be watching someone play a game, watching Gang Beasts is much more fun than watching you do just the actual way the game is played. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like for me, before I started uh, YouTube, I used to go on glitching forums. Like I was one of those guys that found glitches for games. Like oh, wow. when I tell you I'm a fucking nerd, Grace, like, oh my <laughs> God, I'm a travesty. Um, but that's great. That makes you appreciate the gaming <laughs> world so much more because that's how deeply yeah, you care about it. Exactly. It's fun. It's stupid. I mean, and that's all I'm really looking for in any kind of content. You know, um, I realize that my my personality can be niche. It's very yeah. stupid. It's very all over the place. But, you know, I could try and be someone else, potentially get more subscribers and more views or whatever. But that's not me. You know, it's, that's it's a lot easier to be me just to fuck around. And, yeah. you know, my... My I mean, humor a, isn't universal, but it's fun. What a beautiful phrase. It's so much easier to be me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm lazy as fuck. But, you know, if, <laughs> not really. When you talk about how much you do, you're really not very lazy. So <laughs> give yourself some credit. That, okay, uh, I, I appreciate that. Okay, last Twitter question before yep. we, we have a, a little gift for you at the very end. Um, in your honest, honest opinion, what's the worst thing that you've done during quarantine? Oh, this is a tough one. Went outside. No. Um, <laughs> what's the worst thing I've done? I'll say the worst thing I've done, just worse than that. It's like so silly. Uh, I got a scratch off ticket and I Lysoled it like crazy because uh, <laughs> I'm like I have trash tastes. And so I love scratch offs so mm -hmm. much uh, or scratchers or whatever people call them. And uh, yeah, I was like very seriously cleaning it before I actually played the scratcher because I was so dedicated to it. <laughs> Staying clean and making sure yeah. you're good. I yeah, love so that. making sure I got my fix, but I didn't get coronavirus at the same time. <laughs> it's weird for me, like um, because May or March 6th, I had a giant my roof caved in in my living room. So oh, I, had, like, I did a, see that happen to yeah, you. So yeah, I had, that's like, my, nuts. It was leaking. It was crazy. It was all over the place. And even now to this day, there's still a hole in my ceiling because workers can't come over and fix it. So I literally just have like a tarp around the hole and a bucket. <laughs> and I just pray it doesn't rain because I know it's going to leak into the living room. Oh, so, no. Like, my, my downstairs right now is just covered in plastic and the couches are all to the side. <laughs> Nothing's anywhere. And it's so a it just, fucking mess. It looks like Dexter's laboratory in your living room. It, no, it looks like a coronavirus themed party. Like, wow. <laughs> it looks like you can go into this tarp and like have like a fucking picture booth. Oh, God. Well, that's a treat. That's a real fun thing. <laughs> um, Craig, thank you for being here. This has been so fun. Before you leave, uh, we like to give a little gift to every guest that has made time for us. And okay. I think Melissa will be sending it to you. Usually we in, in person, we have a personalized fortune cookie mm -hmm. that's uh, made for our guests. But we have a digital fortune cookie. A digital Melissa, fortune cookie. Yeah. Okay. That Melissa should be sending to you currently. Oh, I that got it. Was, okay, cool. And if uh, if you would do us the pleasure of reading your fortune out loud, that would be wonderful. In light of your recently leaking ceiling, may we offer the wise Persian proverb, a drowning man is not troubled by rain. I hope that makes you feel better. I, I mean, you know, as a guy who's not trying to drown, I <laughs> Don't know how I feel about that. It's like, hey, your roof is horrifically broken. Try not to drown in your own mess. Yeah, wow. There's <laughs> I love that, though. Lots of layers there. Um, okay, Craig, where can everyone find you if they don't already know? Yeah, so uh, YouTube, there's two channels. I have the gaming channel, which is Minilad. I have my vlog stuff, which is Craig Thompson. Uh, music I'll be releasing under Craig Thompson. Uh, songs coming out in two days. 
Hell Demonetized yeah. tour will be next year because of coronavirus. Good um, for you. And my own podcast is coming out soon. Hell yeah. Which is funny as hell. I didn't get to ask you about that, but I heard ruminations that this was something you wanted to do. So I'm yeah. glad it's actually happening. Very <laughs> thank cool. You. Uh, thank you again so much. This was very fun and I learned a lot. So I yeah, really appreciate you your time. Me. This has been great. Of course. All right, guys, uh, go check out everything that Craig is up to. Uh, make sure you get that music because uh, he's got to keep doing it. And the only way he does it, apparently, is by your peer pressure. So Exactly. I want you there. to be pulling the finger out of my ass. That, that's what <laughs> I want you to do. <laughs> on that note, we'll see you guys next time on Not Too Deep. Goodbye. Bye. Too deep. Too deep. Too deep. Not too deep. It was Grace Helbig. Not Too Deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated, producer Melissa D. Montz, edited by Shireen Lani Yunus, post-production sound by Chris Henry, and an extra special thanks to Flula for the theme music. <laughs> <laughs>